0: Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name's Jed, and thanks for joining me this week. Uh, once again, this was an intro that I just now wanted to delete because I cannot stand how that started. I am super, super stoked about this week's uh, episode with Josh Patterson, everybody's favorite from Rethinking Faith, and old friend of the pod, Dan Koch. Dan Coca-Cola, Dan Cocaine, from uh, You Have Permission, uh, used to be Depolarized, and his new venture, Pretty Good Vibrations. I think I'm supposed to go on, it's a music podcast, I'm supposed to go on there and talk about uh, early 2000s Screamo, I believe, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Oh, let's see, oh, uh, some house cleaning, got a new Patreon, wanted to say thank you, uh, uh, Shelby Willis, thank you for your contributions, really means a lot, um, it is tough to, to keep up these days, being in college and working full time, uh, I have a lot going on, but, you know, in January, I, I recommitted to try to um, put more effort back into the show, uh, so I hope y'all enjoy what's uh, what's been coming out. Uh, next week we're gonna have uh, Heath and Tyler coming back on. We like we realized we have not talked since 2021. 2021 was the last time we did an episode together. So it is a lot of fun. It's also extremely lowbrow, but I laughed very hard during it. So be sure to check that out. Um, let's see. Yeah, don't forget to uh, subscribe to and listen to Dan and Josh's respective podcasts. And Josh uh, was recently published. He published a chapter in a book uh, that I just forgot the name of, but he says it in the episode. Um, Deconstructing Hell, maybe? Rethinking Hell? I know that's another podcast. It's about hell and how no one's going to burn. If anything, you're just going to be deatomized. Okay, so don't worry about it. The worst thing you have to worry about is just non-existence, bro. You'll just cease. No big deal, right? No big deal. Uh, I wonder what that would feel like. Probably not good. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, I guess recommendation-wise, what I'm what I'm watching, what I'm reading, I just got uh, Pete N's new book, Curveball, and I'm really enjoying it so far. I definitely recommend starting with. Um, Sin of Certainty. That was the first book of his that I was that sold me on him as a good thinker. Um, and, and kind of in that vein, man, this conversation with Dan and Josh really baked my noodle and really challenged me on some things. And I hope it does the same for you. But more, more so than other episodes, I'm really curious uh, for some feedback or some questions because we want to have a part two or three. I really enjoy talking with these guys. So if you want them to keep coming back, then send us some uh, rebuttals, some clarifications, just more questions about the things we talked about today. And on to the interview.
1: you have permission that you think which by the way is called the good of religion without the bad or something like that in case this airs later um, yeah what did you you're saying they said some things that would could get them shanked or what what did no, i No,
2: not shanked that's a bit violent but yeah. i think like whenever at least in my experience uh whenever you start saying things like oh there are people who were a certain kind of fundamentalist. They left and became another fundamentalist just on the other side. Like people don't like hearing that they don't want to hear that. And I mean, you've said that kind of stuff a million oh, times. Yeah, I, think I think it's
3: somebody finally said more, it.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: thank God.
1: Right. <laughs> I think it's getting a little bit more acceptable. Like I follow some like religious trauma, Instagram accounts and stuff like that for people who are, that not, sounds entertaining
0: and I mean, light
1: lighthearted. I just like, I got to keep my finger on the pulse, you know? Yeah, for um, sure. And these are, these are accounts that are like not particularly pro religion. I think even sometimes like a little too anti-religion to, to meet the evidence. Um, and I see some of those accounts talking about this kind of keeping a fundamentalist mindset, but just swapping out, you know, the, the good guys and bad guys swapping the x and y variables or whatever you know like that's i so i don't know i think it's becoming a bit more accepted that like oh yeah like it just just changing teams is not enough to solve the problems that the very real problems that we are you know getting free of basically
2: that's yeah. uh think- go ahead are you sure this is your show man I don't so no,
4: want well, uh, well, no. <laughs> well, well, let me, welcome let me to an
1: episode of uh, rethinking uh, you... permission and other. Things. <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. Hold on. Oh, well, welcome to rethink. Wait, no. <laughs> you have permission to rethink taking drugs. Oh, there we go. Oh, nice. Like there that. we go. Yeah,
3: there we go.
0: Um, no, it, it is. So when when Josh said uh, the episode you put out today, I was like, oh, "Yeah, it was a good one." And then he's like, "Dan," and I was like, "Oh." OK, yeah. It, yeah. OK, the let me
1: be it, unequivocal. Jeff. It is a good one. The I know what well, had is. are incredible. They like Daryl Van Tongren, who's one of the guests. No shade on Tony and Jeff. Uh, but Daryl is like kind of my psych of religion crush. Like he's kind of he's like the dude doing the most interesting work in my mind. And so I got to have him on. It's it's a special episode.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, and it, it's funny too. That's I mean, that's sort of what we talked about yesterday because um the church I watched Greg Boyd, Woodland Hills, mm-hmm. uh, he just started a sermon series on um how did he put it? Basically, he he outlined like, let's say, like eight or nine of the he he outlined all the pew statistics of all the people leaving religion, all the people he talked about Michael Gunger, Derek Webb, all these celebrity yeah. air quote Christians leaving the faith. Sure. And he listed out like evolution, inerrancy, all these uh reasons why people are leaving. And so he is going to like address each of those like head on with their best arguments and explain like how he uh, like rationally. And so uh, the very yeah. first sermon he talked about, cool. he was like, this is so from he, it was called hitting bottom. He's like, so if you get to the very bottom of what I believe, like this is why I believe it. And it it, it struck a chord for me as well. And it's funny. And that's I was thinking about what we could talk about. And so uh, this is Dan Koch from You Have Permission and Josh Patterson from Rethinking Faith. Uh, um,
1: I think I think given your musical background, Jed, and the waters and circles you swim in, we got to say Dan Koch of Your Permission and Pretty Good Vibrations. That's right, Pretty, pretty
0: good, good Vibrations. vibrations. Yeah, yes, the new, the
1: yes, new yes. music yes. podcast, yes. which has about a, I don't know, I, my estimate is like a thirteen percent overlap in listenership with Your Permission, <laughs> not very high. Not very many people in the market for both. That's fine. You know, not everybody likes everything everybody does. They will. Uh, be, your though. listeners, I would think, like, I, I think th- you've so. You've got a higher contingent of like heavy music, maybe Christian music adjacent, kind of, you know, rock listenership. Yes. So I thought they, they got to know about the music. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yes. Anyway. Very good. Yeah. Josh is sporting an Emory shirt white, right now. I said, white now. <laughs> it says white line <laughs> fever right now. Um, Yeah. yeah check it out pretty good vibrations anyway Uh, okay plug plug
1: over uh what were you saying you're saying you were thinking about what we could talk about
0: yeah basically what uh, who how was i putting it to someone basically like so what do y'all believe these days like what are you Mm -hmm. into i don't know how terribly you know if that's done to death but it could change on a day-to-day thing um but you two interestingly it's it it, it's like where do you uh because a friend of mine recently um i I don't think at all that he would he would mind me saying this uh recently came out as bisexual and made a post uh saying that he is no longer christian right Mm -hmm. and so it's it's just uh, it's fascinating to me what seems to be like what is happening what is going on these days like there is we i do i've said it before but we are in some sort of martin luther reformation-esque shift like we're we're in the middle of that um and you two seem to be uh Losing your souls much more quickly than I am.
1: I was going to say slowly. I think. Oh, right. We're no. slowly, <laughs> slower than most like. of our. I don't know. I feel like I'm holding on to more Christianity than yeah. like the average listener of mine is. Certainly that, than yeah, my Yeah, that, That's a good point. You know? That's a good
0: point. Um, but maybe
1: compared to you and your listeners, like I'm going quicker down. And well, this is what's fun. Matter of comparison.
0: Yeah. Okay, and this is this is a, a unique spot I find myself in. And Dan, you know this very well. So. While at the same time there is this uh, deconstructing, go, uh, taking a sharp left into more logical, more rational, less supernatural. Okay, there's that. At at the same time, there is a huge shift of people going full tilt into things like Nephilim and supernatural, and and it's like merged with QAnon type stuff, which I despise, and I think that has poisoned it. And I literally have very good friends on each camp and it's, I've, I've, I definitely consider myself middle of the road of, you know, chewing some meat and spitting some gristle sort of thing, but it's, and then you just have, I guess in the middle, just your standard cultural Christians that, that hasn't changed. It's never going to change. I go to church on Sundays and that's about it. It is an interesting place in which we find ourselves.
1: Can I do an annoying, like, academic yes. thing? And and just kind of poke a little bit at the dichotomy that you said there between, like, logical and, on the other end, like, supernatural. I think you can be very logical and believe that there are, like, you know, entities or whatever. I think there gets... there. I don't tend to find that stuff very compelling, but there are like very smart people who believe differently than I do on those things. I think that what we might say is more like the way, the way that I would maybe want to characterize it is when it comes to Christianity and the text, it's more like, I mean, I guess there's a few different ways to think about it. One way you could think about is like, how much has science become, in in someone's mind, sort of the best bet for knowledge or approximating knowledge, right? In that sense, I think like that, that's really changed for me. You know, I I think that whereas uh 10-15 years ago a really compelling explicator of the Bible, like uh, early Rob Bell, you know, like a Greg Boyd, like a whatever, that would have been more convincing to me than the Huberman Stanford guy just having on, you know, like the top experts in their field. And now I'm not, I don't listen to the Huberman lab uh, currently, not much anyway. I'm just starting. But the point being like, if I find a scientist or a science adjacent person who's like citing the research, wh- where they get it. Like now I trust that way more than a smart con- compelling person explicating the text. That's the change for me. But that's not like I didn't go from illogical to logical. I was logical in who I found like there was a a lot of logic to which explications of the text like reading N.T. Wright and he's going into all the first century Judaism stuff like that's that's logical, you know, so that's not I I just don't want to put that I don't want to make it people think like, oh, yeah, I'm in the logical camp. And sure Jeds in the supernatural camp like that's not that's not <laughs> i consider
0: myself myself a intelligent logical supernaturalist uh no i was really yeah yeah and that of course it was a it was a uh a nitpick i was more just broadly painting the two the two sides totally. because so you,
1: it's, you it's helpful it,
0: because you would agree especially on the facebook groups that we frequent um though those types to which i was referring to as, as logical seem to quickly just be like oh well like you know flying spaghetti monster magical blah 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 and it's just yeah. like it's just shrugged off
2: that's that like still being a fundamentalist on the other side that we started with kind of yes, vibe, is. yeah
0: yes yeah and which that, i don't think yeah yeah the uh i just had um Uh, Matt Oxley, uh, the atheist who I met through Joey Svensson, and and he talked about that too. How he, when he was first, um, he's atheist, agnostic now, but when he was first an atheist, he was like your classic atheist apologetic, like aggressively atheist, and just getting into long arguments. And it's just kind of like, why? And he came to the realization of like, why do you, you know, what am I doing here? And it's, I'm,
1: it's the same thing as like the the scared conservative christian who has to you know talk to everybody they fly on a plane next to to help save them right it's like it's like tons of energy expenditure without really considering if this is a efficient use of one's energy and time you know but it's this like compulsion basically that is taught you know by communities it's probably it's natural it's a natural human thing if you think you got the good news you know but it, it's it almost a lot of wasted time.
2: I I feel like too it it ties into like that need for certainty on either side of things, um, which is interesting. You I mean, and you guys talked about that a bit in the uh episode we mentioned earlier, Dan. Um, and that certainty thing has been really interesting for me because if I look back through my own journey, like deconstruction or whatever, um, I part of the reason I'm so harsh on like the becoming a fundamentalist on the other side is because that was me. And I was still hmm. looking for that certainty. And, like, I guess currently my uh, ability to handle uncertainty, I, if there's a word for that, <laughs> it has been increasing. Um, but what I find difficult with that, and then, like, you guys talked about it a whole bunch in the episode today, is then when I talk to friends or other people, like, it's more difficult to get people to kind of – be in those spaces or be in that kind of conversation because having here's the kind of the idea or the thing we can rally around is important Mm. and so I think the the certainty thing is interesting um and for me like Judd or Jed sorry you were um talking about people you know like you think Dan and I are going down faster or something for me it's like this it's like this flux like mine just it feels like depending on the day it's up or down and uh, it's like, if I hang out with Trip and he gets drunk and starts preaching at me, then I'm like, I start going on this high. But then when I hang out with Dan, I just, just plummet big time. Exactly. Oh, and I, I'm, I'm the just anti Trip. Down. Trip I'm just also increases my faith
1: when I talk with, with him. Well, so well, let, me, let me just not bury the lead here and say I'm still a Christian.
2: Very That's good. That's the
1: headline. I've not Same. left Christianity I, I, oh, I don't, I don't think I will, uh, who knows the future. Um, but I, I don't think I will stop primarily uh, identifying as someone who sees the world in a Christian way, kind of a thing. A lot of Christians wouldn't want to have me if they knew what I believed and stuff, but in terms of how I think about it, I, I don't, I don't think it'll change. You never know, but.
0: Yeah. do you, So you believe Jesus Christ, like, was a person that died and came back to life? I don't,
1: (laughs) the resurrection is tough. The resurrection is really, is really tough for me. I think that, uh, wow, just starting with a softball, huh? Um, I don't know how to think about it. There are a lot of different ways to think about the resurrection. I'll tell you what I don't believe. I don't believe that there was a revivified corpse of Jesus's body. I don't think that like his body went in the tomb and then there were three days, or I guess it's really been like two and a quarter days of like bodily decomposition. All the veins stop going all the, you know, whatever the, the muscles are atrophying, the bacteria starts having its way. And then boop, like, as if someone jolted him, you know, with a, what are those things called that you can defibrillator
0: get now yeah,
2: defibrillator. Yes. i don't
1: think yeah. i don't believe in a defibrillator resurrection <laughs> that might be a
0: that's a good book title that. yeah that's good
1: <laughs> i don't believe in that because that first of all that doesn't really line up with the the resurrection accounts in the gospels but also i just don't i don't think that that stuff happens it doesn't make sense of, like the hardest part for me is actually the ascension and that really doesn't make sense if it's a revivified corpse. Like, How does he fly away into like that does get into kind of like, well, oh, we're doing comic books here. Like, oh, he's just Superman. Like, I want to try. I don't want to I don't want to resort to that kind of stuff. I wish it was easier for me to just
2: accept some of this stuff. Well, but it is hard.
0: It It's funny. Um and I saw Josh furiously scribbling. So I'll definitely let you go after this. But so you're you're also touching on things that have been on my mind. Um, and what we talked about yesterday, it's like, okay, so you said the thing. Uh, like, I don't think it works that way. Or that's just uh, odd. I can't remember how you worded it. But in my like, do, do you not see how exi- like, all of this period is just the most bizarre thing that could ever be possible. So why that? And it's so, I'm guessing that you're like, okay, sure, it is bizarre. Like my my whole thing was like, so you're telling me, I go outside and my arm is heated by a giant effing ball of fire. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Right.
0: Floating in in what? And there's anti. Okay, none of this. Yeah. makes a lick of sense. I mean, it really does. I
1: have a I have a response to that, but let's hear Josh. Sure. On the resurrection. First. Okay.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's to to me, it's it's like a, you know.
1: I don't. All- I think of it actually. I mean, that will be. It. That'll be an interesting route to take it. But what were you going to say about the resurrection, Josh?
2: Uh, Well, I was just taking a a personal note. My uh, furious scribblings, as uh, Jed coined Mm them, uh, were not anything fantastic. Was it like pick up milk
0: from the store? (laughs)
2: Defibrillator
0: Jesus. Defibrillator
2: Jesus. Yeah, I was like, I'm stealing this and making it a book or a pop punk band.
0: That's the t-shirt.
2: yeah. <laughs> but uh I think you gotta no, you gotta figure
1: out as the as the creed. Like oh, I believe in Jesus Christ, the one oh gosh, I'm gonna mess up the creeds here. Uh he descended into hell. He was defibrillated on, on, the, you know, third on the third day. <laughs> he ascended into heaven. You know that, you gotta get it. That that's the, no, the it, it, it'd, have, be, creedal it'd be credible text
0: it'd be on the count of 3 he ascended.
1: So. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. oh gosh on the third uh, count on the third amazing. count <laughs> yeah with a little electric a little spark emoji <laughs> okay all right josh sorry what were you no say? you're
2: good you're good i was i mean i'm i'm i mean sorry to disappoint jed but i'm pretty similar to dan when it comes to resurrection stuff i don't I have a hard time with it. Um, I think even within the pages of scripture, if we want to go the biblical route, um, even the language that like Paul uses is like, it was Jesus but it was like this different kind of body thing. So like, I think the revivification versus resurrection, I think they're two different ideas. Um, I think resurrection is, is different and I just don't know what the fuck resurrection means. <laughs> um Maybe it's like a more like spiritual body kind of thing. I mean, there's a million ways that scholars and people way smarter than me deal with it. Um, But for me, the way that I I look at the resurrection is almost more for the. um, And I don't want to sound like I'm degrading it, but for like the symbolism or like the true myth kind of thing, like the resurrection gives me hope and therefore is useful in that regard. Like, I want to believe in some kind of resurrection because it paints a more beautiful picture of what could be, and then that gives me a trajectory in which I can live my life in such a way that it. I hope this is true kind of thing. Um, does that make sense? It does. It do- And I guess I, I realize I'm not necessarily
0: like, um... – Hmm, that's funny. Is is that a linchpin, the flesh and blood thing, or yeah, I imagine it was some sort of spirit, like because of yes, the ascension and just and he teleported at times during that too, and was walking and wasn't walking so like door. yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, the the important piece being because I do think this is kind of a linchpin that separates Christ from every other messianic figure. This is where at, I
1: want to go. Perfect.
0: Okay. Say, okay. This yeah. is where I want to go with it. Yes, it is that he he was killed and yet uh, was brought back to life in whatever form that may be. And and that's the whole point saying saying that, like, this is how I am different, like that because I am God.
1: Yeah. So, OK, this is why I like you're kind of talking about the sun and, you know, this just this insane reality that we live in 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 the sort of if broadly speaking science or material or like what, what exists the sort of metaphysical or ontological sense of this stuff, could Jesus be what we would essentially call an interdimensional being like, like if other dimensions exist? Yes, that's possible. That's as possible. That's as weird as the big bang. It's as weird as the multiverse or string theory, you know, like, like, At a certain point, I'm totally with you. And it's not so much that I have a problem believing that the universe is wilder than I can conceive of it in a human body in 2023 on Earth, right? Like, yeah, there's probably much more going on. We don't know anything about black energy, black or dark energy, dark matter. What I mean, who knows what the fuck's going on? So open to all of that. Where it becomes a problem for me is like, oh, and it just happens. That people who wrote things 2,000 years ago, all the things that they believed in, the particular ways that they saw the world, well, that was true. And now we've gone away from that and we think we have all this knowledge. But, like, they were also probably wrong. Like, you know, Paul and others talking about pneuma, panuma. This is like a a type of matter in the ancient Greek world and Roman world that, like. This is a, this is one way of reading Paul is that Jesus's resurrected body was made of Pneuma. It's what the stars are made of that you can hear Matt Novenson, New Testament scholar from Edinburgh, talk about this at length, um, on a fairly recent, you have permission called resurrection, Mm -hmm. apocalyptic, apocalyptic expectations, resurrection, and more something like that from like the fall. Like, so for instance, like, do I have to believe in Pneuma? Like, that there's a different kind of matter that the stars are made. Like, the point just being, I think it's easier to say that people use the language they had, just like today we use the language that we have. And I can come up with, like, some possibilities for how that might be, but it's not – I don't feel nourished. I don't have more buy-in if i tell myself dan you got to get with the fucking program and believe like a first century jew i can't do that i can't i can't believe like them so i have to translate it into my own language which then inevitably has difficulties but not so many difficulties that i feel like i have to abandon
0: christianity does
1: okay does that make sense
0: it does it does and i and i always and and maybe this is where Spiritual trauma and personality type and nature nurture comes into play because I always I have probably asked both of you this before. It's how or is it even conscious or do you just rest comfortably in the faith that you have and you are just not spiritually concerned? There's no there's no what if About I'm like wrong. Hell? no not hell yeah so that's that's interesting so what's the worry I and for me I think and this is probably some recovery um dogmatic thinking in it as well where if I feel like I am not doing god's will this is I'm, I'm just gonna like speak plainly about like the thoughts yeah. raw as they come yeah. like if i think yeah. that i am not doing god's will um then i will not be blessed in certain areas or i'm not for for me i think more so i i am searching for this contentment and this this fulfilled purpose that is so elusive to me, perhaps because of, of addiction and like biology and all sorts of things. And like, mm. um, and so I want to so desperately, like, I truly, like, I want to be a good Christian. I want to serve God as like a son. I want to get that. Like, I want, you know, the, the father, son respect thing. It's like, I want to be on the right track Cause I, I, I guess if I'm honest, because like I, otherwise I would feel like I'm missing out on some better life over there and that's interesting. And and so it's, you know, yeah. I, I've definitely gotten, I've grown and I've been able to like, let go of legalistic practices and, and rest a little bit more of just like, okay, um, but i i guess a lot of preachings and a lot of sermons and a lot of things will say like if you're not doing x y and z then you're not doing it right and so it's like i i want to know the purpose for my life for life in general and mm-hmm. i don't want to be living wrongly that's a that's a that's a rough core belief man that is motivating a lot
3: Ugh. i feel
1: the same thing honestly like I have the exact same motivation. It's just that I think that I am following God. Like, I I mean, being careful about this stuff, like. You know, reading scholarship about it and, and doing my best to sort of understand how to make sense of my shortcomings, possible shortcomings of other people and biblical writers and church fathers and mothers and trying to understand the experience of people in other cultures and other religions. Like to me, that is all part of it. Like I, it, it's not like, Oh, when I, when I, <laughs> when I stopped, like, if anything, I still feel like just as much weight on that. Like I had a friend in my, uh in my doctoral program tell me once after we did, we were supposed to do a fake. I've told this story elsewhere. So, Apologies if people have heard it before, but we're supposed to do a fake therapy session in class one night. And I was like, let's just do a real one. I got a lot of shit going on. So uh, she's like, all right. And I told her all this stuff. And then she's like, Dan, it sounds to me like you think it's your responsibility to save Christianity. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like getting goosebumps right now retelling the story. Like I have such I have so much of that of like the good Christian soldier, like the like the the emotional part of it, the inner drive to do the right thing on God's behalf for the the helping of the nations. Right. Like I'm that has not left me at all. In fact, I, I'm realizing I have to kind of chill out on that a little bit <laughs> because I'm putting I'm I'm giving myself responsibilities I can't possibly fulfill. If Mm I keep it there, I cannot save Christianity, a 2 billion adherent religion across 500 languages. Like I'm not going to do that. So that part has not changed at all for me. I really resonate with that emotional and even sort of like between me and God kind of dialogical thing that you're describing. That hasn't changed at all. What's changed for me is, the information that I find compelling now versus the information I used to find compelling.
0: Mm,
2: Well said. Yeah. I, and I resonate with kind of both of what you guys are saying. Like I, I remember when I stopped, like when I was working through, I don't know that I can keep being a pastor. I, You know, I was doing that with the spiritual director. I was trying to do everything the right way. And one of my biggest concerns was like, am I by leaving being a pastor vocationally am am i basically just doing like big middle fingers to god kind of thing Mm -hmm. and like that was really difficult for me um and then even today still like i not always but there are definitely times when i have these days where i'm like dude you used to be a pastor you were preaching you were helping people and now you just fucking make beer and get people drunk like, that's a I'm di- I'm I'm pretty sure I've bothered Dan about that before. <laughs> like, hey, Dan,
1: but uh, I deal with that. I deal with my version of that, too, like doing pretty good vibrations. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm 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 practicing my craft. I'm trying things out, but it's just music. It's not the infinite stuff. And I have to remind <laughs> really myself that's that it- a thought. Yes. All oh, the time. That's funny. And I and I it's even been hard for me to to become a therapist. Like, I, I have overcome this. But it has not been easy to realize that like helping an individual person with their, you know, compulsive thoughts or their anxiety or whatever, like that is helping people connect to God's love. That is how it happens Mm -hmm. in those situations. But like I didn't I didn't start comfortable with that idea. I started kind of begrudging and uncomfortable with that idea because I got drunk on infinity in my baby bottle growing up evangelical. And the term I'm using right now, I like is I have an infinity hangover. That's perfect for this show, I guess. Uh, that, that is good. Yeah. And it, and like, I got to, I'm, I'm still treating like I I've got like, you know, I'm trying to make the best bloody, the best sort of psychological lifestyle, bloody Mary in the world to combat this fucking hangover.
0: No. And that's, that's funny. My mom had to, my mom had to, check me and she's really good about that because uh, maybe three years ago it's like I'm just I'm not doing enough like I'm not doing enough and she was like Jed like your your literal job is helping like the lowest of the low like day I know, in dude. day out I know that's what I do for a vocation yeah. and it still doesn't it's it I'm still like
1: am I you have an infinity hangover, Jeff. hundred percent,
0: man. But, and yeah. it's funny when I, when I, when I let it go and I, I'll have, I don't know if you've had this in therapy where you, it's a, it is, it is a straight up spiritual feeling of just like, yep, this is what I am supposed to be doing. And like, holy crap, where, you know, oh, yeah. a little oh, bit yeah. of channeling, it almost seems like of just like, wow. Okay. Not you know what I'm saying, but like oh well yeah like...
1: I mean I I do think of it I think of calling and those moments where calling becomes clear I do think of mm-hmm. them absolutely in spiritual terms absolutely in prayer terms they are usually it's a it's a kind of an inner it's like an inner dialogue like I I can address God and I'm used to it and you know I I it's possible I, there's nothing there or you know whatever but it it has really worked and i when i do that i i i experience response you know not like audibly but like oh it, that one feels right you know or yes uh oh i find myself and then oh i'm just like flooded with this like it clicked into place and i feel so at peace about this like that's why i'm a christian man like
0: i me too I, what
1: am i going to like am i going to lie to myself and say i don't experience that no, See, I
0: just, and I just got a little bit of it now, and I am a professional. I devoted my life to I- feelings and experiences, and every carnal whatever that you can get. And this mm. particular feeling is so unique and other. It's mm-hmm. so freaking interesting. Yeah, can we that... tie
1: it to the the other place? I wanted to go with your original question was the. Jesus is special. Jesus died like the, the ex, what I would call the exclusivism part. So this seems like a good bridge there. Can we take it there for a minute? So when you look at the research around religion and spirituality and the role it plays for people, the, the experiences that you and I are describing that I think Josh has had as well. I've talked to him about it. Uh, we're not abnormal. We're not uh, religious weirdos. We are average humans across the globe that our religious and spiritual experiences which connect to the deepest meaning in our lives they connect to our sense of calling rightness and wrong in the world uh you know our they tend to be the reasons that we engage in self sacrificial behaviors the way that you know the reason we join communities that bolster us like a recovery community or a church or whatever like that stuff is empirically verifiable like it works it works for people there is a reason psychologically speaking that people are religious or or spiritual some of the difference between whether they're religious or spiritual there are a lot of cultural stuff you know when and where were they born how disreputable is the church <laughs> at the time where they live you know but but even just that spirituality that sort of like being able to turn to a higher power that is loving and guiding to use Dr. Lisa Miller's language. Like here's the rub though, Jed. It's also in other religions. You can't take the social science research, which is overwhelming and fucking encouraging for a believer and then go, but the Muslims are fooling themselves. The Buddhists are fooling themselves. So that's kind of a part of it for me is like, I got to, inter- I have to interpret Christianity in light of a less exclusive posture towards other faiths. And that also softens up the resurrection stuff. It, it It's a kind of a, it's a kind of a two birds thing because the real exclusive claims tend to be around things like the resurrection and, you know, Oh, Christ like defeated death for all time. Like these big, like almost military language type stuff. And then I go, well, you know, I don't know if that's true. Then all these other religions are sort of passively taking part in that. I I mean, that's one way of thinking about it. Or there are other ways of thinking about it where it's like, just like the sun will uh, predictably and reliably warm my arm when I walk outside. So will religious communities religious experience wisdom even from those communities inevitably and regularly and predictably get passed down through generations to help the younger generations thrive and live meaningful lives like we are living in our religious context right now so you know it and it's taken a really long time to get more comfortable with that because it is such an anemic version of it. If you're playing by the old rules, it's so, it's such a, I mean, (laughs) this is not a a correct term, but it's like such a pussy version of Christianity, you know, like, and I, and I mean all the sort of like the type of guy who would say that even I I am including criticism of the type of version of me that would say that, right. Mm -hmm. That would have this kind of, it's gotta be straight dope. It's gotta be the, you know, like, that has been really hard that's taken a long time to feel personally okay with something that is a, is more open and and is less exclusive and therefore makes me less special as a as a holder of the exclusive exclusive special knowledge i am just another believer in a world of 8 billion people trying to trying to live a good life and it's a that's a tough pill but I do find it more convincing
2: than the alternatives I'm aware of. Yeah. Have you engaged uh, Christ in a pluralistic
1: age, Dan? The Cobb, yeah, that Cobb book. Uh, I don't think I yeah. read that one. I've read a little bit of um, what's her name? Marjorie Suchoki. She's another process theologian. She's got a yeah. um, sort of a pluralism and culture theology book um i was reading that stuff more like six to eight years ago maybe maybe five five to seven years ago and now i'm just like the the psych research has just kind of nailed it for me like this is you you can you can there can be really interesting uh differences you can study between these religions and the communities and all that um but in terms of like what's working what what is in there working in our minds or souls Like, yeah, I think it I think it transfers across faith. Um,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And yeah. And I just I wanted to point it out just because, like, I think Cobb does something interesting where he's not doing the kind of pluralism where it's like uh, every religion leads up the same mountain kind of thing. It's like a more true pluralism where it recognizes each individual specific religion or belief system or whatever And can relate to difference without resulting in negation. And that's kind of like what you're talking about. And I think that's one thing that like, at least for me, like process thought, and maybe it's not unique to that. That's just where I have found it. But that's been helpful to me because it's like, oh, I don't have to say that like my Muslim friend down the road or my Buddhist friend or whatever that like, really, I have it all figured out. And they're just like kind of getting it, (laughs) you know what I mean? But I can actually recognize and celebrate what they have going on and, and take a different posture and say, okay, well, what is it that I can actually learn from these, you know, people within different traditions, what's happening, blah, 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 whatever. So it's like a deeper kind of pluralism um, that I think fits nicely with kind of the, where you're going.
1: That's definitely the kind that I have come to, like, I'm not going to replace, I have secret Christian knowledge with, I have secret knowledge about how all the world's religions actually fit together. I, I just think all of that is above my pay grade, and I'd rather just assume that those faith traditions, those wisdom traditions are, are probably answering different questions, some overlapping questions about the meaning of life, but other non-overlapping questions, which faced different people at different times in history. And, you know, and the Christian Jesus is answering the questions of the West, and I'm in the West, like I am a Western person. I, you know, my, the way I see the world is, comes from European thinkers and, and all that stuff. You know, I don't, I don't see the world like a Taoist born in Japan. Like I, I don't see the world that way. So I'm not answering those questions. Um Anyway, I feel like we've, we got to get you in here, Jed.
0: Yeah, man. And I'm trying to, th- I, I've s- so much, I could go on that. The first thing that popped in my head was, um, Yes. And so when you're saying that the, the same feeling is ubiquitous and to, yes, to me, that points to ultimate truth that if it, that's one of my things, um, it's why I believe in like a literal flood. It's like, if there is, if there is a, uh, cross cultural, cross historical, cross everything, if everyone is saying pretty much the same story, I believe there is truth in that. That just, that's the the simplest answer. Um, and i and then the the next thought was man then it very well could just be universalism if if that's the case it's or or something to that nature because it's like because i do i do believe in exclusive revelation of the judeo-christian faith and scriptures i do believe that it makes claims that are set apart and that are important distinctions and as far as pluralism it's it's like oh man it it, it, it is i get i i wish that i could reach in my brain and just take out the concept of hell completely Mm, so that the bias would be gone but it's impossible and and i Mm. and i cannot get away from the warning scriptures for whatever whatever you know these days i'm a conditional immortalist where like i believe in like if there is something it's annihilation and just some if there yeah if anything there's that um but yeah, it, it's you know, luck thank in that case, thank goodness I was born where I was and when I was and all that. But then I could just go into, well, that's it's not thank goodness. It's you know, that's that's how it was supposed to be. And
1: I think those threads are Woo. tough to to pull and they follow. Are. I mean, because like like here's one thing I like to kind of think about a thought experiment. I apologize if I've done this on your show before.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right now. There are like 29-year-old Muslim nerds like us, you know, 29 to 39, making their own podcast episode about the intricacies of the afterlife in the Quran and the sayings of the prophet. And we just think that they are essentially wasting their time. I -hmm. mean, maybe they're not wasting their time insofar as if they're pursuing their faith. Like, in fact, this is what I would say. In in the sense that they are pursuing their faith, that they are working out their faith with fear and trembling, they are engaging in theology, faith-seeking understanding, then they are not wasting their time. And, and probably that, that, that may, in some ways, bring them closer to God, help them love their communities more. To the extent that they think that they are de- uh, exhuming the secrets of the universe and the afterlife, I don't give them a very high chance that they are nor the Buddhists doing their podcast right now, or the Hindus doing their podcast right now, or the animists, maybe there are no animist podcasters, but you know, or at least not at 24 hours of the day, (laughs) there's someone (laughs) recording it somewhere, but like, you know, I just think that that can't all be, we can't all be using our time. Well, in terms of like actually answering those questions, that seems to me to be above our pay grade. Like, there's, I, you know, I, that's, I think pick.
0: it's, I think, I think beyond, oh gosh, is it though? I was going to say, I think beyond hell, I'm putting my, I'm putting my human judgment onto God and saying like, I, it would feel like I'm being cheated on. Like uh, if, you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm like, why would, the, why would that be, uh, why would it even why would it even matter? Dude, this is breaking my brain. Like a, No. <laughs> really? Not not in a, not in a bad not okay. in a bad way, but I, it's really yeah. like I guess I really haven't gone do down you this. Do you not
1: way. want there to be Hindus in heaven?
0: At, of course I do. Of course I do.
1: Wouldn't it be cool?
0: Of course. I mean, of course. But so
1: what part is so what part's hard about that then?
0: Everything that I have been taught and believed. I guess nothing is hard about that. Oh my gosh. What is well, I don't know. That's I'm really, really I'm really trying to in- come okay. up. Yeah, that's a that's question interesting for though. Me. That is a yeah. question for me.
1: I, I mean I i am excited. I hope you will text me your follow-up. <laughs> but uh I do think that we everything I've been taught like that phrasing is really interesting. That it anytime we say everything, first of all, that should be a flag that we're I, wrong. Right. That If almost nothing is everything, (laughs) you know, like especially something as complex as a religious tradition, like there think about all the if you break down all the claims that we were given in our various upbringings, like some of them, yes, will turn out to be definitely false if Hindus are regularly in legitimate communion with God by virtue of being Hindus. But plenty of other claims we got about, you know, the teachings of Jesus, the life of Jesus, uh, the role of of our community, the role of worship, the role of scripture reading, prayer, you know, like a ton of that stuff can still be absolutely true and also be true. You know, it's not it is not an either or. And the, the people who want to tell you it's an either or are the fundamentalists. They are the ones who who most believe That it's a giant black or white, all or nothing, take the whole package or throw it all away. But it's just not, it's just not true. It's not a package.
0: Scripturally, so that was, so kind of what you said, it's like, okay, so now we are literally just at like pluralism where like, okay, if everything is right, then.
1: No, it's not that everything is, no, it's not that everything is right. Okay. It's that, uh, here's how I would say it. The more esoteric the claim, the harder it is to be confident in the truthiness of it.
3: Okay. Right. Okay. So
1: if someone Unless says it's to me, true, well, no, but y- it's not about whether it's true. It's about knowing that you know it.
3: Okay. So I okay. might
1: know a ton of things, but I'm not, I don't know that I know them. I can't okay. demonstrate that I know them. Right. So if I say I know that religion is good for most people in most situations, I actually can demonstrate that there's a lot of research I can at least I can argue for it convincingly. Right. But if I say I know that uh, the fourth of the nine tribal spirits of my family's whatever told me, but okay, that's too far (laughs) up the ladder. For me, like that's above my pay grade okay. to be able to determine if someone is right about that or not. How would I determine it? And so there are claims that automatically will get in to conflict with other claims of other religions. But don't forget, they also get into conflict with other claims from within Christianity. So it's not like we're getting away from that. All these theology podcasts are just interreligious dialogue from within one religion. We're... We're arguing about these really difficult claims that are very hard to determine what counts as evidence for them. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that everything is bullshit. I'm saying there's a real, you know, but like, hey, uh, forgiveness matters. Right. Where does that go? That's a lot lower on that ladder, right? Like, huh. And if you've experienced forgiveness in the right kind of way it really, it's really important that forgiveness matters. Like that's not a trivial little claim. It probably is trivial whether there were ever Nephilim. It doesn't matter at all to anybody's life, even though that's more fun to talk about in, you know, for, for someone like you and I,
0: and, and perhaps I am on a journey of answering the question for myself. Does it matter to my life? Good question. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, and, and I, I really, you know, another thought, and I'll get you in this, Josh. Sorry, you've been patient. Um, is it, it the empath in me? Because when you said, "Do you not want heavens, to, uh, heavens to go to Hindu Hindus to go to heaven?" The empath, of course, I do. The empath in me wants them to have better lives now. And and once again, I'm I'm saying all that these these are raw, direct thoughts, like trying not to filter it best I can. Um it which is extremely arrogant, assuming that they don't. But it comes, it truly comes from a place of like, if there is this truth and and there is the rewards for it are potentially unlimited, then like, I want you to know that. and I don't want you to waste time going down a road that is false. I, th- I think that's where it comes from. So I guess I think I am on a journey of like, okay. It
1: comes so from a place of love for sure. It does. I, I hear you.
2: Yeah.
0: Ms. Mr. Yeah, Patterson.
2: And... <laughs> well, no, I, I dig it. And I think one thing that just comes to mind with the, so I have I have a thing I want to say about the pluralism bit. And then I have a question that I want to direct at both of you guys. So with the pluralism thing, one thing that comes to mind is like, Jed, you're familiar with uh, like Pete N's. I know Dan's read Pete because he read like... I read read The Sin of
0: Certainty, and I pre-ordered his new one.
2: Nice. Okay. So Pete has this phrase that he likes to use uh, where he says, God allows God's children to tell the story. And so essentially that's one way of him saying like, okay, so when in the Old Testament, when the authors sound like ancient Near Eastern people, it's because they're fucking ancient Near people like that's who they are. And so God is meeting these people where they're at. They're telling the story, doing the best that they can based off their current situation where they find themselves, etc. If that's the case and someone accepts that, why would we limit that to just one location and not allow that to kind of expand outwards? So like uh if and and i don't even know if i agree with this i'm just throwing ideas out there right now but like if we say that if we believe god allows god's children to tell the story then with our like friends who grew up in like muslim majority uh countries where like just by the way of birth they're muslim uh if god is allowing them to tell the story then they're going to tell the story this through their lens and experience and how they've been brought up everything in the same way that you and i will in the same way that the people of you know israel did back in the old testament whatever so like if that i don't know i'm just trying to take that one claim and expand it and i don't know if that if that fits if that makes sense it's just a thought maybe it's stupid um but one thing that I get hung up on um, and that I still get angry about within, like, the realm of Christian, like, exclusive claims has to do with the incarnation. Because, like, for whatever reason, the incarnation, like, really fucking matters to me. And I get super annoyed when, uh, like, people say, like, I was told recently, like, oh, well, Josh, I've just moved on from needing to say that like God was incarnated in a Jew. It's like, dude, that's kind of fucked. Like that now sounds we're getting, like, okay. Now we're getting to something
1: interesting. Therapist Dan says.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: and uh counselor, Jed, I'm sure agrees. So <laughs> let's, a- let's ask him the question we want to ask Josh. Why does it matter? Why does that matter so much to you? What do you think is going on underneath there that the incarnation has so much meaning? Is that what you were thinking too, Jed?
0: Yeah. I, well, I had an answer for that, but yeah, oh, okay. It, it, it was like, <laughs> well, that's
1: it, now you're not being a therapist. Again. No, I, I'm, my,
0: my, my, uh, my bias is so explicit right now. It's unreal. Sure. It's, it's, uh,
1: okay. But so, well, what you're it, saying but it is, is that you, you have
0: your own cheated. answer to that question.
1: Yeah. Well, why don't I want to hear, I would like to hear from both of you. So let me yeah. commandeer the session for six minutes, Josh, you first, since you said it, why do you think, have you, have you figured out why the incarnation is important to you this is not i'm not i'm not saying it's not i just do you know what's going on under, under your own hood
2: um well i think for me the reason the incarnation matters is because i think it's kind of the whole game so to speak when it comes to to christianity and i don't necessarily mean like I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not a fair way of saying it. I guess the best to do would be to explain what how I picture the incarnation, and that right. kind of that kind of helps everything else function within the way I think. So maybe it's the linchpin of my worldview or something. Um, when I talk about incarnation, I believe, I'm, like as a Christian, the incarnation of of uh, the logos in the person of Jesus, something like that. The word becomes flesh, but also. I extend it beyond that because as many uh, scholars and all have pointed out, the Greek word sarks, when it says the word became flesh, doesn't just mean the word became a dude. It just means like all physical things like matter. So when I talk about incarnation, I'm talking about God revealing God's self, God, like the act of creation, everything. I'm a, you know, a panentheist. So I think that like, The universe is within God and the God is God is within the universe. So maybe it's because all of the all of my (laughs) thought and worldview hinges on this idea of incarnation. But also it just. I don't know, it gets like it. It annoys me when certain progressive types of Christians just want to throw out the incarnation completely and then act as if that makes them smarter and better. And it also results in a lot of anti-Semitism, which I think Mm. maybe that's the motivational factor for me more than anything. Is like if you say that like the Logos didn't become a Jew, then you can say fuck the Jews, which like we know that goes very poorly, Hitler. (laughs) And I still think a lot of – there's still – But not believing in the incarnation
1: does not make one. No, not at all.
2: Not not at all. Not at all. Not at all. But it it can lend itself nicely to that, which is maybe a shitty argument. I don't know. Let me let me ask one follow-up
1: before we go to Jed.
2: Yeah. I don't have a good answer for you.
1: What do you lose, Josh, if the incarnation if Jesus was a special human being that was more clued in to stuff than you and I?
2: Oh, but uh, I don't know if I believe that Jesus is more <laughs> included in this stuff than you and I. I'm saying like, um, oh no, I, I mean,
1: no, no, sorry. I'm saying merely like a wise, you know, a very wise person who therefore right. became very important to the people who followed him. You know, whatever, fill that in however you want. If it's not, yeah. if there's nothing really specific going on with Jesus's nature. What do you lose personally?
2: Hmm. I don't have a good answer to that question right now. Um. It, yeah, I don't know. All right. I mean, get, I,
1: let's get Jed in here then. Yeah, so to Jed the previous question. Jed, what do you lose? <laughs> Why does it the incarnation? Oh, I matter? lose
0: everything. I lose, So the in, to me, the incarnation matters because, by definition of terms, there is no greater chasm. To journey than from creator to creation infinite infinite to created finite okay that is You're the packing
1: a lot of assumptions into these definitions i'll just say i don't i don't know that any of that is obvious to me or would be obvious to sort of any thinking individual or whatever
0: how so? so? Like finite to infinite, but like by definition infinite.
1: Why is God infinite by definition? Do you see anything infinite? I mean, I, I don't know. Like that that I, one
0: I, that one jellyfish.
1: <laughs> like God. Like checkmate. <laughs> I, I don't know if God is infinite. I I think that God is good.
0: Okay. Well. So. Well. All right. Well. So. But if we go down this, if so. So this is me. If you're saying if if I believe that. Even still, okay, like, uh, to me, uh, it's not even close. Like, creator, cre- if I am supposing, I am be- believing that there is a being that created all of existence. Yeah. That's my baseline. Okay. If that creator made himself essentially a molecule sized thing in the vastness of his creation. That is a humbling beyond measure. It's
1: so rad. Theologically, it is the richest.
0: It's my favorite
1: thing about Christian theology.
0: Yes. And
1: humility, the, the shit and the slime and the unreal because animals and the crucifixion. I mean, it's just, it's so, so, rich
0: i i I have had mere glimpses and i feel like there are glimpses of moments when i've been humbled in my life and and i in that moment i think like holy shit the experience of jesus must have been unreal like a like he got diarrhea bro you know what i'm saying like he Mm -hmm. broke a finger maybe Mm -hmm. once like cut himself like that, unbelievable. Okay, so there's that. And then what I am believing, as as per the incarnation, a result of that incarnation was a demonstration of sacrifice, be, an outpouring of love that was directed towards me. So, like, this creator, like, made himself so personally known that he humbled himself to death that like that's it that's the whole that's the whole kit and caboodle for me
1: okay let me ask you this though because i think about this myself so you and i both have fairly regular relational spiritual experience directly with god correct yes okay if jesus did not raise from the dead but we still have that what have we actually lost in our l- literal lived religious life spiritual life
0: because we still get to talk the, to god the explanation given is that we only get to talk to god because of that
1: the that you're right that that's the explanation that has been given and that's given. what i believe
0: right and that's what i and that's that.
1: fine but it might be that there are other explanations for the same reality That don't change the reality. They are different lenses. They are different explanations for the reality. So for instance, let's talk about the muck and the grime and the humility of it all. Is it that humans are so drawn to stories like that kind of ultimate self-sacrifice? You can talk about the hero's journey and all that stuff if you want Some of that seems to sort of shift culturally whatever the kind of stories we love. But generally speaking, a very long running theme in human storytelling across cultures is the sacrifice. Jesus says greater love has none than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. That is the plot of like most of our big that's Shawshank Redemption. That's Schindler's List. That's Star Wars, whatever. Right. So is here's option A, option B. Humans are like that because imprinted upon us is the truth of the incarnation and the crucifixion resurrection. The great story as like Lewis or Tolkien might conceive of it. That's option a option B the great stories like the resur- crucif- incarnation, crucifixion, resurrection resonate and continue to be told because humans are such that we love those stories And one of the reasons that we love those stories is that we have an inborn ability to communicate with the creator of the universe. And that tells us, oh my gosh, what is this distance here? How can we make sense of that? And stories that explain that distance to us, we believe them because they provide us for an explanation for this other thing that we know to be true, that we experience. And if you were to swap out different explanations, you still have the same phenomenon. You might have a little less certainty about, like, maybe what God's telling you if you don't have a sort of a community to bounce that off of. Like, you, you certainly lose things. I'm not saying it's an even swap. Like, it, you know, maybe it's Indiana Jones replacing the sack, the the bag of sand for the statue.
3: You but, also, like you, you know, lose you, still get you it. lose
0: disc- well so this is all right so this is an interesting concept the mm-hmm. uh a uh part of the steps and what was added on interesting tidbit is uh you know came to believe that uh, a power greater than ourselves could restore yeah. us to sanity uh yeah. made a decision to tell our, turn our will and our li- lives over to the care of god as we understood him that part is mm-hmm. in italics because it was added later on after it yeah. shifted from judeo-christian and they found it could open up a wider sloth. okay so Hell yeah. In in meetings. Well, but check it, though. This is what I have. This is this is what I have those steps
1: out to more people.
0: Yeah, they're they're fantastic. But what I've observed is when people latch on to a higher power of my understanding, what I find way more often than not is they mold that higher power to look like themselves a lot and yeah so so what i'm saying is if if there was not an incarnation and if there was not this just this person in jesus that showed definitively god's characteristics then we would just have i mean this is how you get this is how you get atrocities committed in the name of God because like who are you to say that okay. your communication with the with the with God is better than my communication.
1: But there is literally a 12-step program running right now in Islamabad and there's um, a guy in there. <laughs> there is. And there's a guy in there going, I see some of these reform types, these secular Muslims and you know, they don't really mean Allah when they say Allah in their own image or whatever? And they, and he's seeing the exact same type of, you know, difference between the true believers and the ones who are not taking it as seriously. And it's efficacy in keeping them sober per, for something like that. I it's bet
2: like you the could no, find No this. true Scotsman kind of vibe.
0: But yeah, yes, but I still, but I don't think that like, once again, this is another one of those things where, like, we would have to have the idea of the incarnation like removed from our brains and able to really know what we would like, what would be different. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, I that that kind of is an impossible ah, thought experiment.
1: No, I love that. Okay, that it's is important. Part, that is why I am an inclusivist. That is essentially the nub of it. Is that I can compare types of christianity to some degree wait define
0: inclusivist
1: oh uh inclusive of people of other faiths like i'm a christian inclusivist so i don't think that um i don't think that people outside of christianity are outside of fellowship with god put it that way okay yeah so having having been a universalist for a long time i don't describe it in terms of salvation I terms it, i describe it in terms of uh just in communion in communion with god the way that i believe i am in communion with god so i can i can compare you know eh, fundamentalist baptist theology with reform theology i can kind of compare with catholicism although i don't really know what it would be like to have been raised in that world i really don't know what it would have been like to be raised like russian orthodox in russia uh, and I really, really don't know what it would be like to be raised Taoist in Taiwan. Like I the the sort of like you're saying, I can't you can't get some of these sort of foundational um, theological concepts. You can't just like you can wonder how you'd interpret the world if you never had been given them. But you can't go back. You
3: can't, you can't go back and off.
1: change that. I can't have an Eastern mindset where I am less concerned with perfection and more concerned with balance. Like, I, I don't know, I can't inculcate that in myself. And because of that, I don't feel that I can compare apples to apples across religious traditions. That is above my pay grade. Uh, What I can do is I can do some work within my own, you know, my own community and I can pit questions against each other and concepts and I can interview people and I can dig deeper and all that. But I can't like if someone's like, okay, Dan, thank you. Uh, thank you for spending the last 50 years trying to determine if Christianity was more true than Buddhism. What'd you find? Like, I can't do that I because it would require seeing the world as someone raised in a culture that was permeated by Buddhism, just like mine was permeated by Christianity. And I just I think that we get to a point where if we're I, I think that I would be kidding myself. If I thought I could do that, but the big thing I want to be careful about is that that doesn't mean that that it has nothing to do with the power of our faith. And even the power of some of these beliefs that I don't think I can justify having, they still work for people, you know, and I have beliefs that are, I'm surely wrong about that are doing me well to have them. You know, I don't know which ones they are but I'm sure I've got some of them. I don't, I don't think I'm above that, you know, anyway, that's how it gets to inclusivism for me. Did that, did that connection make sense?
0: A, a little bit. And I think, I think we've, yeah, it did. We, we did. Well, and then I'll ask, cause it's, did my explanation for why I think the incarnation matters make sense?
1: It does make sense. I think that, but there's also just different, but like, there's a lot of ways out, I guess is also a a thing I keep thinking, like there's a lot of different ways to think about the incarnation. If you're a panentheist like Josh and I usually feel like I am most days, even though I don't think about it that often is like, yeah, like there God is in all of creation, which is why I can talk to God basically.
4: I,
0: I guess mm-hmm. so. I'm, I get hung up then, and, and I don't have satisfying answers. I get hung up then on the whys. Okay. So then, mm-hmm. why the Bible was a assemb- Why this story has pervaded? Why, why was the, the Bi-
1: Quran assembled? Why was the Bhagavad Gita assembled? Like, you, if you, right, are, right, right. If you ask it about I, because other... I think Because I
0: think, because I think, because I think they are true. I think they are true. I think it has all of I those.
1: They, only the the one right
0: i believe that the that that one because it addresses the others
1: but you don't really know but no but we don't no no no, i don't we don't know how the others address the bible like
0: yeah that's we, I, that's we, i mean it's so once again and i think the lord it's just is just too giving much me information this, no, and there. i was
1: gonna, not ask, gonna live long i was enough.
0: like i wonder what the quran like I yeah to i'm sure to address, like I book of mormon the,
1: addresses
2: us i mean you know they, i have a quran if you want to yeah. read it
0: jet i'll send it to you now
2: how it's real quick <laughs> and a book of mormon and a book of mormon i'll send you both. i've seen i've seen the play i know read the them game. together um i hope you
1: have those in a steel box that's locked and covered with like uh silver crucifixes absolutely be
2: careful they Very are cute. they are no different than the books on this bookshelf behind me <laughs> well because because then the question the
0: question becomes like so then I I I am not
2: it's like why does any of this shit matter then so like basically yes. me I mean it gives meaning to your life and uh, oh I don't know I
1: think it I think it's true I just think yeah, it I, I mean true that. differently Okay. Yeah, but like,
0: yeah, you're more. This is like the the Jordan Peterson myth. Um, Fuck Jordan uh, Peterson. I, I, I'm gonna
2: say that personally. Fuck take his name Peterson. out of your mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but also to Dan, I want to say because Dan, I think you helped me. Incarnation is how I name my experience. That's why I think it matters. But I I understand. Like I'm separating it now in my mind, and here's the reason why I think that incar- incarnation is my experience because I genuinely believe that that separation is an illusion and this is where josh is going to go in his weird mystic bit but also include like quantum physics like i genuinely believe that separation we believe we're separated from each other from creation and from god and that is where uh sin or bad things whatever you want to call it arises out of and i think Therefore, part of what I mean is like we're all deeply connected to God. And I I genuinely believe the deepest, most truest aspect of who I am and who Jed is and who Dan Koch is, is divine love or something like that. Uh, we call that in Christianity, the image of God. The Buddhists call that like the Buddha image. It, it exists elsewhere. And within Christianity, I just think Jesus ha- had that recognition and his to steal a metaphor that Trip gave me, his shit was just turned up to eleven. <laughs> like the uh, the what is it? This is Spinal Tap movie.
1: Yes, it, like, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like if exactly, that's what. If that's yeah. all we get, what does it cost us? And yeah, it's not and that, nothing. But, but I don't cost get everything. That.
2: It would cost me. You helped me see that at the end. So I, that's what I'm saying. Thank if, you. If,
1: okay, Jed. This is this is the question. And if it would, then I don't. Then don't talk to me about it, because that's not fucking worth it. <laughs> like I, you know, the way that if the way that I no, it, it, see it, it, it is not helpful for you, and I, I say that as your buddy. It, you know,
0: it's I don't, yeah. I'm, of course, of course, of course. No, it's it's, it's helpful no yeah and that's that's a that's a, gr- that's a great point. that's a great point and it, it and it's and i'm i've i mean through through all the through friendships and relationships it's like i've just become comfortable with like yeah this is this is what i believe to be true and it and it it does not matter if if we're all getting it wrong that's 100 percent true like that's a fact right and we yeah. will
1: we don't know which stuff we're wrong about yes and if like here's how i've Say it like so when I'm talking to people who are like beyond me and like not believers anymore and don't understand why I would still be in this world. So I'm now turning to the opposite sort of kind of interlocutor. What I say to those people is like Christianity is a sufficient framework for a beautiful, meaningful and love filled life in like every aspect of your life. Your personal life, your family and children, your wider community, the outcasts in your community, which you tend to ignore, Uh, you know, what to do with the next generation, what to do with the previous generation, you know, how to think about sustenance, how to think about the environment. Like there's enough in there for basically every war politics, you know, like it's got everything you need. Now, it's not one monolithic thing. So. And and part of that, I do hear a little bit of that in your reasoning, Jed, is like, I wonder what would happen if you could kind of break like I had a, the the actually the if people are want to go deeper on the pluralism and inclusivism stuff. The deepest I went is an episode from like maybe two years ago called uh, Do Muslims, Christians and Jews worship the same God? And it's with um, Andrew Schwartz from Claremont and what he said was, (laughs) he's like, here's the thing. We want to talk about Christianity. He's like, but there's no such thing as Christianity. There are Christianities. There are multiple versions of it that are in dialogue or disagreement with each other. None of which is the same thing. There's probably like certain kinds of things. If you could translate it, pretty carefully into every language you could probably get you know most people to agree on it or whatever but like they really are all different and they do sort of bleed into other aspects of the way we make meaning from our life so you know like it's important to me to be a christian it's less important but it is also important to me that i'm a californian it's important that i'm a musician and like these things flavor that Christianity in different ways that are incompatible with some other people's Christianity even if we might say the same creed on Sunday or whatever right so i i just think i wonder what would happen for you if you could if that could become less monolithic and uh, and then if you could find yourself and go oh i'm i'm in this corner of this more diverse set of christian approaches to the world essentially I don't know. Take it early. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 No, I hear you. I hear you. I think that's, yeah, that's probably as, as best a stopping point as we're going to get. I don't think we'll, I would love to, Quite uh,
1: therapeutic.
0: It is. I would I would really love to do this like every two months or some. However we could, I would really enjoy that. I don't know how down y'all are. I know you're it's busy fun. as hell. I,
1: it's a tough season for me. Next year is easier than this year you can text me anytime. Yeah, and we'll, give we'll, we'll give it a
2: shot. We'll give it a shot. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if it was just Jed and Dan, then Dan would be more willing to No, I love <laughs> <I loved laughs> that you
1: I'm were just, here. I'm
2: fucking with Dan. It great. <laughs> you know, it would be interesting,
1: though. It would be fun to do a follow up at some point with some listener follow up questions.
0: Yeah, that would be I'll, fun. I'll, yeah, be so, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, everybody give their respective emails uh and everyone y'all share this on y'all's feeds if you want i'll send you the if you want to share it on your feed that'd be great if you don't that's fine too uh I'll church, share it, yeah, yeah church and other drugs at gmail.com uh patreon.com slash church and other drugs and store slash church and other drugs and then you guys go for it
1: uh yeah your permission podcast at gmail.com
2: Nice, and mine is uh, rethinking faith pod at gmail, and also can I do can I do a plug since do I do whatever? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, because
0: cool. you, you're like an, a
2: published I, author. I already stuff. plugged,
0: yeah.
1: and I already plugged pretty good vibrations. To, <laughs> That's
2: true. We don't have to
1: talk again about pretty good vibrations anywhere. you Well, get pretty your good podcast.
2: vibrations is a fun show. It I is, like it. It's
1: a lot less serious than this. All right, talk talk about it, Josh.
2: Well, it, so I don't want to talk too much, but I just because it, it's kind of cool, but also like I told a person today. Like, that's an author in this book that I think it was like an adventure and missing the point, which is not good to say. Um, when you uh, <laughs> give your life this or, or work, and they were gracious enough to hear me. But, um, I had the privilege of writing a chapter for a book called Deconstructing Hell, um, which brings together a wide variety of voices and perspectives. It's not like one kind of perspective offered, but rather a wide variety. Um, and there's like theologians, there's, um, uh, philosophers, there's psychologists, there's normal people like me who wish they were one of those three things. Uh, <laughs> we're all kind of, uh, speaking into this. And the thing that's kind of similar is that we think eternal conscious torment is silly. And so that's kind of the the thing that holds together the book. Um, but I think it was a lot of fun. I got asked to write a chapter about deconstruction, which drove me up the wall because I hate when Rethinking Faith is labeled as a deconstruction podcast because I, I never intended it to be that fun. <laughs> it's all good. That's just me being an asshole. Too bad yeah, you started a podcast
1: him. and then started deconstructing over the years that's while true. you hosted it. I, know. That's, I think 100... that's
2: anyone else's fault. It's 100% true. And yeah, so I don't, yeah it is i mean it is what it is that's exactly what the podcast is i'm just like a bitch about it and you know well it's just
0: it's become it's so <laughs> ran into the ground i mean i get it it's like just think of a new term for it um yeah
4: i will fight the spirit with a sword in my side, and she a right away out, crack my rib, wait to die. I think I know you the best when I sleep. I think I know everything. First chance I get, I'm gonna leave you. The first chance I get.